I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Jeremiah chapters 18 through 22. In chapter 18, we have the old potter and clay metaphor. Verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build it and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now therefore go to, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a device against you. Return now ye, every one from his evil way, and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Ask ye now among the heathen who hath heard such things, the virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon, which cometh from the rock of the field? Or shall the gold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? Because my people hath forsaken me, they have burned incense to vanity, and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths, to walk in the paths in a way not cast up, to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Every one that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head." I will scatter them as with an east wind before the enemy. I will show them the back and not the face in the day of their calamity. Then said they, Come and let us devise devices against Jeremiah, for the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come and let us smite him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words." Give heed to me, O Lord, and hearken to the voice of them that contend with me. Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. Remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them, and to turn away thy wrath from them. Therefore deliver up their children to the famine, and pour out their blood by the force of the sword. And let their wives be bereaved of their children, and be widows. And let their men be put to death. Let the young men be slain by the sword in battle. Let a cry be heard from their houses, when thou shalt bring a troop suddenly upon them. 
for they have digged a pit to take me, and hid snares for my feet. Yet, Lord, thou knowest all their counsel against me to slay me. Forgive not their iniquity, neither blot out their sin from thy sight, but let them be overthrown before thee. Deal thus with them in the time of thine anger. Now here's yet another prophetic appeal from God through Jeremiah to the people of Judah to turn from their God-rejecting wickedness and be rewarded rather than destroyed. It begins with God's command that Jeremiah should go watch the potter work his clay. Well, he goes. The potter takes his clay and makes something. Before it sets, he can change it completely and make something else with the very same clay. Then comes the prophecy from God to Jeremiah based upon this trip to the potter's house, beginning in verse 5. Judah should change their ways and let God reform their future away from destruction. Of course, Isaiah had already prophesied a hundred years before that they, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't turn from their wickedness, that they would indeed fall into Babylonian captivity. Read that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 39. How do you suppose the leaders react to Jeremiah's metaphor here? Well, they made plans to slander him before the people and to kill him. We see that in verse 18. That's a tough congregation, wouldn't you agree? So how does Jeremiah feel about these people who are planning his demise? Well, the answer is found in verses 19 to 23. Now, pay very close attention to verse 23. Yet, Lord, thou knowest all their counsel against me to slay me, Forgive not their iniquity, neither blot out their sin from thy sight, but let them be overthrown before thee. Deal thus with them in the time of thine anger. That's right. You read it correctly. Jeremiah says, forgive not their iniquity. As far as Jeremiah is concerned, their actions are worthy of punishment, not forgiveness. Jeremiah simply asked God to give them their just due for their corrupt actions. How about a secondary lesson from this passage? When we see believers rebelling against God today, isn't it our responsibility to shame them rather than excuse them, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21? Then we have another pottery metaphor in Jeremiah chapter 19, verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Go and get a potter's earthen bottle, and take of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priest, and go forth into the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. And say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, the which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle. Because they have forsaken me, and have estranged this place, and have burned incense in it unto other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, nor the kings of Judah, and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. They have built also the high places of Baal, to turn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. And I will make void the counsel of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies, and by the hands of them that seek their lives, and their carcasses will I give to be meat for the fowls of heaven and for the beast of the earth. 
And I will make this city desolate and in hissing. Every one that passeth thereby shall be astonished and hiss because of all the plagues thereof. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. And they shall eat every one the flesh of his friend in the siege and straightness. Wherewith their enemies and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. Then shalt thou break the bottle on the side of the men that go with thee. And shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel, that cannot be made whole again. And they shall bury them in Tophet, till there be no place to bury. Thus will I do unto this place, saith the Lord, and to the inhabitants thereof, and even make this city as Tophet. And the houses of Jerusalem and the houses of the kings of Judah shall be defiled as the place of Tophet because of all the houses upon whose roofs they have burned incense unto all the host of heaven and have poured out drink offerings unto other gods. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet, whither the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks that they might not hear my words. So here in this passage, God commands Jeremiah to do yet another object lesson before the wicked people of Jerusalem and Judah. Jeremiah is to buy a bottle or a jar from the potter and then take the people outside the city of Jerusalem to the valley of Hinnom, where they've been doing a lot of pagan sacrificing, even some human sacrificing. Rebuke these people for their practice and throw that finished piece of pottery down. Tell them that God is going to break them just like Jeremiah broke this piece of pottery. How bad will God's wrath be? That's bad. So bad that we see in verse 3, he says, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, the which whosoever heareth, his ears shall tingle. It is most interesting that God instructed this to be done in the valley of Hinnom. Look at my notes on Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 29 down through chapter 8, verse 3, and you'll see the significance of this location. Incidentally, Tophet is a particular location within this valley. Jeremiah prophesies here that the morals of the people of Judah will be so corrupt by the time the Babylonians arrive that they will have resorted even to the heathen practice of cannibalism. We see that in verse 9. We see a similar prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 10. Jeremiah reported that this actually happened in Lamentations chapter 4, verse 10. And then there's the capper to this day of prophesying in verse 15 when he says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they've hardened their necks, that they might not hear my words. In Jeremiah chapter 20, we meet a new character. His name is Pasher, verse 1. Now Pasher, the son of Emmer the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pasher smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it came to pass on the morrow that Pasher brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks, then said Jeremiah unto him, The Lord hath not called thy name Pasher, but Magor Misabib. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies. 
and thine eyes shall behold it. And I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive into Babylon, and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city, and all the labors thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give into the hand of their enemies, which shall spoil them, and take them, and carry them to Babylon. And thou, Pasher, and all that dwell in thine house shall go into captivity, and thou shalt come to Babylon, and there thou shalt die, and shalt be buried there, thou and all thy friends to whom thou hast prophesied lies. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Every one mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous, and seest the reins in the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of evildoers. Cursed be the day wherein I was born, let not the day wherein my mother bare me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man-child is born unto thee, making him very glad. And let that man be as the cities which the Lord overthrew, and repented not. And let him hear the cry in the morning and the shouting at noontime, because he slew me not from the womb, or that my mother might have been my grave, and her womb to be always great with me. Wherefore came I forth out of the womb to see labor and sorrow, that my day should be consumed with shame? Well, this is Pasher. He's the head priest and son of Emmer. And by the way, we'll see a different guy named Pasher when we get down to chapter 21. This was a rather common name back then. Anyway, Pasher's had just about enough of Jeremiah's doom and gloom prophecy, and he decides to teach him a lesson. He beats Jeremiah and locks him up for the night. The next day when Jeremiah is released, he goes to Pasher and gives him a new name, Magor Misabib, which means in Hebrew, fear on every side. He goes on to prophesy that Pasher, which, by the way, is easier to say and spell than Magor Misabib, well, Pasher will be taken captive by the Babylonians along with all his friends and relatives, and there he will die. A little persecution didn't slow Jeremiah down, did it? Then we have a tremendous insight into the life of Jeremiah when we read his prayer to God in verses 7 through 18. Now, here's a distraught man, a man who's just been beaten and imprisoned. He's not a very happy man, even indicating in verse 7 that he didn't completely understand the job description for a prophet when God called him. I mean, who knew it'd be this hard? Jeremiah gets no respect. People ridicule and persecute him. 
He wishes he had never been born, he says in verses 14 and 15. Kind of like Jimmy Stewart in the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Look at these two verses, chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. He says, Cursed be the day wherein I was born. Let not the day wherein my mother bare me be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought tidings to my father, saying, A man-child is born unto thee, making him very glad. Jeremiah even expresses this thought with the same basic words as Job did in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 3, when Job said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Here we see a human side of Jeremiah, a regular guy with a huge calling from God. In chapter 21 of Jeremiah, we see that it's no wonder they didn't like Jeremiah. Verse 1, The word which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, when King Zedekiah sent unto him Pasher the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah the son of Maaseah, the priest, saying, Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon maketh war against us. If so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wondrous works, that he may go up from us. Then said Jeremiah unto them, Thus shall ye say to Zedekiah, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans, which besiege you without the walls, and I will assemble them into the midst of this city." And I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and in fury and in great wrath. And I will smite the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. They shall die of a great pestilence. And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah king of Judah and his servants and the people and such as are left in this city from the pestilence, from the sword and from the famine, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of those that seek their life, and he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them, neither have pity, nor have mercy. And into this people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He that abideth in this city shall die by the sword, and by the famine, and by the pestilence. But he that goeth out and falleth to the Chaldeans that besiege you, he shall live, and his life shall be unto him for a prey. For I have set my face against this city for evil, and not for good, saith the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And touching the house of the king of Judah, say, Hear ye the word of the Lord. O house of David, thus saith the Lord, Execute judgment in the morning, and deliver him that is spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor lest my fury go out like fire, and burn that none can quench it, because of the evil of your doings. Behold, I am against thee, O inhabitant of the valley, and rock of the plain, saith the Lord, which say, Who shall come down against us, or who shall enter into our habitations? But I will punish you according to the fruit of your doings, saith the Lord, and I will kindle a fire in the forest thereof, and it shall devour all things round about it. The very last king of Judah, Zedekiah, sends another guy named Pasher. Now, this is the son of Melchiah, different Pasher than before. And uh, he sends him along with Zephaniah, the son of Maaseah, the priest, to visit Jeremiah and pick up a prophecy. Now, he's not the same Pasher as seen in chapter 20. 
Suddenly they're interested in what Jeremiah has to say since they see the Babylonians about to come attack Jerusalem. Jeremiah has been talking about this eventuality for decades. Well, the prophetic news from Jeremiah isn't good, not at all. Jerusalem is going to fall. He gives Pasher a tough love message to take back to the king. Isn't it interesting that before the crisis, the people rejected Jeremiah's true message, and they preferred instead to listen to the false prophets with their optimistic messages. Now that the crisis is actually here, they're looking for real answers and solutions. Hey, what can you say? Sometimes sinful people pass the point of no return. And thus did the people of Jerusalem. In this prophetic message, to be recited by Pasher back to King Zedekiah, Jeremiah makes it clear that the Lord himself is the one who will be orchestrating the demise of Jerusalem and Judah. Babylon here is just God's tool. And then we go back to Jehoiakim in this chapter, chapter 22. So we're backtracking in history. Let's begin reading with verse 1. Thus saith the Lord, Go down to the house of the king of Judah, and speak there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, that sitteth upon the throne of David, thou and thy servants and thy people that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord, Execute ye judgment and righteousness, and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, and do no wrong. Do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. For if you do this thing indeed, then shall there enter in by the gates of this house king sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, he and his servants and his people. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, saith the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus saith the Lord unto the king's house of Judah, Thou art Gilead unto me, and the head of Lebanon, yet surely I will make thee a wilderness and cities which are not inhabited. And I will prepare destroyers against thee, every one with his weapons, and they shall cut down thy choice cedars, and cast them into the fire. And many nations shall pass by the city, and they shall say every man to his neighbor, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this great city? Then they shall answer, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God, and worshipped other gods, and served them. Weep not for the dead, neither bemoan him, but weep sore for him that goeth away. For he shall return no more, nor see his native country. For thus saith the Lord touching Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which reigned instead of Josiah his father, which went forth out of this place. He shall not return thither any more. But he shall die in the place where they have led him captive, and shall see this land no more. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work, that saith, I will build me a wide house and large chambers, and cutteth him out windows, and it is sealed with cedar and painted with vermilion. Shalt thou return, because thou closest thyself in cedar? Did not thy father eat and drink and do judgment and justice, and then it was well with him? He judged the cause of the poor and needy, then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord? But thine eyes and thine heart are not but for thy covetousness, and for to shed innocent blood, and for oppression, and for violence to do it. Therefore thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, 
They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother, or Ah, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord, or Ah, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Go up to Lebanon and cry, and lift up thy voice in Bashan, and cry from the passages, for all thy lovers are destroyed. I spake unto thee in thy prosperity, but thou saidest, I will not hear. This hath been thy manner from thy youth, that thou obeyest not my voice. The wind shall eat up all thy pastors, and thy lovers shall go into captivity. Surely then shalt thou be ashamed and confounded for all thy wickedness. O inhabitant of Lebanon, thou makest thy nest in the cedars. How gracious shalt thou be when pangs come upon thee, the pain as of a woman in travail. As I live, saith the Lord, though Caniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. I will give thee into the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out, and thy mother that bare thee, into another country, where you were not born, and there shall you die. But to the land whereunto they desire to return, thither shall they not return. Is this man Kaniah a despised broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out, he and his seed, and are cast into a land which they know not? O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David." and ruling any more in Judah. Now, Zedekiah in chapter 21 was the last king of Judah. The setting for chapter 22 is two kings back, before Zedekiah, back to the reign of Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim followed him, then Zedekiah. So this prophecy is given earlier than the one that's in chapter 21. It's just as I said before at the beginning of Jeremiah when we were looking at the introduction. This book, Jeremiah, is not presented chronologically. Now, in the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, I've listed the last kings of uh, Judah with some details. But, well, I'll just read the whole thing here to you right now. Josiah was uh, king from 640 to 609 B.C., and he was the last good king. After Josiah was Jehoahaz, in just three months, that was as long as his rule lasted, in 609, he was Josiah's third son, and he's usually called Shalom, and he was a bad king. Then we have Jehoiakim. Now, that's uh, about whom this prophecy here is written. From 609 to 598 B.C., he was Josiah's second son. He was a puppet king, and he never really had a chance. Then we have Jehoiakim from 598 to 597 B.C., he was Jehoiakim's son, and he was also a puppet king who never really had a chance. And then lastly, we have Zedekiah. He oversaw the demise of Jerusalem. He reigned from 597 to 586 B.C. He was Josiah's son, and his original name was Mataniah. He was a puppet king of the Babylonian Empire right down to the fall of Jerusalem. Now, there's a good bit of name-dropping by Jeremiah in this prophecy, 
But it all boils down to the fact that it's all over for Jerusalem. The Babylonian captivity is imminent, and Nebuchadnezzar is the king who will lead them. One can't help but notice, however, the long-suffering of God here when Jeremiah once again calls upon Jerusalem to repent to God and to be delivered. Look at Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 4 and 5. He says, For if you do this thing indeed, then shall there enter in by the gates of this house king sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, he and his servants and his people. But if you will not hearken these words, I swear by myself, saith the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. Well, the invitation for repentance and restoration is still there during the reign of Jehoiakim. However, in this very same chapter, God proclaims, just as Isaiah had said a hundred years earlier, he proclaims that Jerusalem and Judah would reject this invitation and subsequently become a desolation at the hands of the Babylonians. Verses 18 and 19 indicate that Jehoiakim will meet a violent death. And by the way, he came to a violent death, and his body was thrown over the wall of Jerusalem to convince the besieging army that he was dead. That happened in 2 Kings chapter 24, paralleled by 2 Chronicles chapter 36. Verse 22 goes on to say, He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Jehoiakim should have listened to Jeremiah. Jeremiah then addresses the fate of Jehoiakim's son and successor, Kaniah. Now, Kaniah, by the way, is Jehoiakim's abbreviated name. In verses 24 to 27, he prophesies that Jehoiakim, Kaniah, will be exiled to Babylon. And also, that happened in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 8 through 17. That was in 597 B.C. According to the Expositor's Bible Commentary, he, Jehoiakim, is mentioned under the name of Jochen in ration tables between 595 and 570 B.C. These were unearthed near the Ishtar Gate in Babylon, and they're known as the Wiedner Tablets. Then Jeremiah further prophesies in verse 30 that none of Jehoiakim's descendants will ever occupy the throne of David. As a matter of fact, Zedekiah, Jehoiakim's successor and the last king of Judah, that Zedekiah was the son of Josiah, king of Judah from 640 to 609. Zedekiah was placed there as king by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. There's some messianic implications in that prophecy, and if you'd like to see more about that, then take a look at my notes on the genealogies in Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, which is paralleled by Luke chapter 3, verses 23 through 38. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walter. 